0: Welcome to episode 32 of Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and as most of you guys know, Matt Deitch is up north fishing in Alexandria. Today, we've got a special guest on, Stuart uh, Stuart Anderson. Um, I met Stuart through my neighbor, Jeremy Kay. He's interested in the podcast, so I thought, hey, if Matt's gone, I'm going to have him on. Welcome to the show, Stu. Thanks,
1: Scott. Yeah, if it wasn't for Jeremy Kay, I wouldn't be here. So, yeah. shout out to Jeremy Kay.
0: Oh well, me too, you know, Jeremy. He just he's he's all around good guy. He keeps me out of trouble. He good guy to have around. Yeah, I love Jeremy. But no, so Stu, maybe we'll call you Stu, maybe we'll call you Stuart, Stu the Noob. I, I don't know where Stu we're product. gonna go with yeah, it. Something like that. Yeah. But we've got all show to figure it out. But <laughs> Stu, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, uh, so um, I uh, grew up in Platt, South Dakota along Lake Francis Case in the Missouri River. And I, you know, I fished growing up, and then I kind of got out of fishing for a while. Wasn't uh, uh, my passion at the time. I did a lot of other things, a lot of sports, and just pretty much anything. I'm interested in a lot of different things. Um, then, you know, I went to college at uh, South Coast State University, and then I got a job here in Rock Rapids, Iowa, as an electrical engineer. Uh, do consulting for um, electrical power, substations, uh, transmission distribution, et cetera. And, yeah, so now I live, live in Rock Rapids.
0: You can't figure out what to do with yourself being being out of South Dakota away from the river.
1: Yeah, right. No, yeah, you know, you kind of have some regrets. Like I didn't take advantage of it enough when I was younger. And um, now I'm trying to get more and more involved in, in fishing. And I think it's a great way to spend some time with my kids and um <clears throat> yeah just something you're old doing
0: yeah absolutely it gets them off it gets kids off the electronics and you know that's that's one of the coolest things about fishing you can do this for the rest of your life you know if you're 75 years old and as long as your hips are still good i mean you know you can get into a boat you can go sit along a, a river or a lake somewhere this isn't just a young man's game this isn't just an old man's game this isn't everyone's game and that, that that's one of the coolest parts about fishing i believe
1: yeah I, that's exactly i love fishing i always have uh, I've always loved the outdoors I, I just wanted like well what can I do with my kids when I get old what yep. do they gonna keep what's going to keep them coming back to their dad and loving their dad you know beyond you know high school you know and so I was like well I can golf which I like golf but um, hunt fish you know dad goes pay for a, hunt, for a fishing trip the kids will be there absolutely so.
0: absolutely I I'd, you know don't forget about me someday when you got this fishing trip lined up. <laughs> yeah, right. No, you said you want to go to northern Minnesota, and so do I. So we should yeah, go we to Lake of the Woods. Some, Let's get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, we got a really cool episode for you. Um, we actually, down here in the studio, if you want to call it that, we uh, got a cool new deal set up to do phone interviews. So instead of me and Matt heading out and meeting these anglers wherever they're at, what we'll actually get to do from now on is... We're just going to give him a phone call, and I'm hoping we got everything set up right here. I believe we do, and we've got a really cool episode with Craig Oiler from out in Rapid City, South Dakota. Craig is a clam ice team pro, uh, the founder of Hooked on Hardwater out there in Rapid City, which is a deal where he gets 60 underprivileged youth, pairs them up with 60 professional ice fishermen, and we'll use that term loosely because I'm actually one of them guys. Oh, I but, wouldn't yeah no no you don't give yourself enough credit no well
1: i (laughs) matt matt for sure is but you you think you right above the bar (laughs) yeah well
0: i'm telling you when i got out there it was a pretty humbling experience being being out on the ice with all those great sticks and no it was it was a lot of fun uh but yeah we'll we'll save that for craig and uh yeah we'll uh we'll give him a call and see if we can get him on the phone should be a great interview you bet craig you there man I am.
1: How are you? Doing great. Good.
0: Craig, never get skunked yes.
1: or never lose a fish?
2: Me, personally, I would want to never get skunked. and And me I know I, I'm going against you, Sherman, but I, I think losing a fish is what drives us to go back and try it again. You know, I, I mean, I've got several fish that I've lost and they'll haunt me till the day I die, I'm sure, but you know every time i'm out there fishing i feel like maybe i'm going to catch that fish again or hook into it again anyway maybe not necessarily catch it so you wouldn't take
0: it you wouldn't take a couple of days getting skunked to go back out there and catch one of those fish that got off
2: i don't think i would i, I don't like coming home skunked that's a hard to tell my wife i didn't catch any fish today <laughs> yeah that's a tough one to, to swallow there
1: yeah, like I tell Scott, nothing worse than me taking my kids fishing and not catching a single thing, and then they're like, "Dad, they look at me like,
0: what did we do? Yeah.
1: Well, why were we at yeah, the lake I, throwing I this line in the water with this worm on it?" You know,
0: no, no, I, I definitely get it, I do, uh, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just because the tournament bass fishing is still kind of fresh in my mind right now, but you know, I've had a couple get off, and I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm still, I still think what I think but whatever but Craig I tell
2: won't me. hold that against you well thank you
0: thank you I appreciate that but now Craig tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into fishing
2: well I uh, you know growing up in the Black Hills of South Dakota Scott you've been here it uh, it's an outdoorsman's paradise I mean there's truly just a little bit of everything to do and so my dad uh, he was a, a it still is a very avid outdoorsman and so by the age of three he had me out on the ice uh, fishing for rainbow trout up on Deerfield, and you know he he's i don't remember that trip or anything like that and i mean we were out a lot but he said right away he knew that i was into it and you know i i just have always had a passion for catching fish i don't know why i mean my senior pitchers i even have my fishing vest and fishing rod in my hand you know so
0: fly fishing uh,
2: pole. definitely not a fly fishing pole <laughs>
0: I I just had to throw it in there. I had to. Yeah. Yeah,
2: no, but I I mean, I just, we have a lot of opportunity, and it's kind of funny. People don't look at the Black Hills as a destination for fishing because we don't have a ton of water. Uh, You know, kind of an interesting fact about South Dakota, if you go west of the Missouri River, there are no natural lakes. Uh, Everything is a reservoir, and and so people just don't think uh, this is a destination, but we do actually have some really good fishing. So, so I've just spent a lot of time chasing the fish over the years, and uh, I've even tried moving away from the Black Hills, but I uh, always come back. So that's, uh, that's kind of a long answer to you. But, uh, yeah, you know, I just, uh, just have been around it my whole life, and I just have always enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now I remember one time uh, at the Ice Institute up in Sioux Falls, you were doing a seminar, and you said if you take all the water in the Black Hills, and combine it, it's still not as big as Lake Madison here, over here on the east side of South Dakota.
2: Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, That's we crazy. don't have a lot of surface area, but what we make up for it is depth. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, three of our lakes can touch 100 feet deep, you know, so so that helps. But uh, but yeah, you know, it. Uh, luckily we don't have a huge population, so the lakes don't get overly crowded. I mean, there are definitely busy days with the pleasure boaters and the fishermen on some of the lakes, but... But, uh, you know, it, it, like I say, not a lot of water, but the fishing's really good in them, and, and we have a lot of opportunity.
1: So how's the fishing out there right now?
2: Um, you know, I, I'm a diehard lake trout fisherman, and our lake trout bite is actually pretty tough, uh, only because the amount of moisture we've had. I mean, this has just been an unprecedented weather year for us, and we Pactola, which is our main lake trout lake, it uh, uh, got flooded all oh, like about month and a half ago. It to where they the boat ramps were underwater, so you couldn't even put a boat on. And about two weeks ago, they opened the ramps back up, and then we got a couple more huge rain storms, and so now the ramps are closed again. So um, when they did have the ramps open, though we got out there we started fishing for them and i tell you the lake trout are just scattered right now so i think the amount of water flowing out of the lake and the water flowing in it's just you know it's pretty turbulent in there right now and and i think the fish are pretty confused and don't know what they're doing either that or i'm really confused and don't know what i'm doing but all i know is to answer your first question i did get skunked when it came to the lake trout so
0: maybe i would have taken you caught some rainbows
2: Oh, yeah, we caught a lot of rainbows. That's and, good for you. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose so, huh? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
2: but, yeah, you know, it was uh, uh, pretty interesting. So, you know, honestly, I've become a lot, I don't know want to say better, but I've been doing a lot more walleye fishing lately just because, uh, you know, if I can't chase a lake trout, I do like catching walleye, So we've been spending a lot of time doing that.
0: Are you up on Angostura there? Uh, Angastor and Orman.
2: Okay. Uh, Orman There's is one Orman. north of Rapid City, up uh, by Belfouche, and then Angastor is south by Hot Springs, and you know both are about an hour's drive away, and uh, both are phenomenal walleye fisheries. You know we're having forty fifty fish days, so that's a lot of fun. Oh, wow!
0: Well. And you've caught was it one or two tagged walleyes on one of them this year?
2: Uh, two. I actually one at Angastor and one at Orman.
0: D- did you, have you gotten any information back on those
2: i I have they uh um I wish I'd have been prepared I can't remember they were tagged just this year though so it uh, um they haven't been in the system very long uh you know it's kind of funny where they they put them in at you know these are both lakes are well angus stores is like five thousand acres and Norman's about eight thousand and the the one on ormond where i caught it to where they put it in at it was all the way across the other side of the lake so you know it's kind of just funny how much those fish wander and makes you realize why it's so hard to catch them
0: yeah very cool and and you released both of them so another angler down the road is gonna gonna get a prize yet too yeah
2: you know i didn't realize it but i guess it's legal to take the tags off they open up and you can take them off so i could have kept them and i probably would have kept at least one of them just uh you know have some jewelry for the boat keychain or something, but I guess I'll just have to go out and try and catch another one now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh it's been a good walleye bite. We're doing uh, a lot of live bait, and one thing that I'm starting to get, uh, or trying to get better at is pulling crankbaits. I, I just haven't spent a lot of time doing that, and I went and fished with Dan Hogue, that celebrity walleye tournament uh, you talked about a couple weeks ago, and and uh we did nothing but pull crankbaits and so i it kind of got a crash course on that and i'm getting a little better at it and getting some more confidence in it which i'm looking forward to looking forward to figuring more of that out anyway and a whole new aspect of catching fish for me
0: yeah absolutely um if the conditions were right how would you be targeting lakers right now out on Pactola in the summertime
2: well, so with the warmer temperature, those fish are going to be pushed down a little bit deeper. Uh, they they like cold water. You know, they're always seeking out the coldest water in the lake. And so they're going to be, a person's probably going to be fishing 60-foot water or, or deeper. And, you know, for me, um, I'm fortunate enough with uh, clam and ice team, uh, I've been able to, you know, I use the Jason Mitchell Elite Series rods, which are really good for yeah, vertical jigging and so with a drop tg that clam makes we're the it's a three eighth ounce jig but it's a smaller size and so you can fish that deeper water pretty effectively but you're it's still a smaller profile if that makes sense yep and anyway so and we're tipping those with uh the Craigies. um i'm so embarrassed by that name uh oh, but come uh, on. <laughs> seriously i am um, it's I, I shouldn't say embarrassed. I'm embarrassed but humbled at the same time. You know, it's kind of a, a pretty cool honor to have a bait named after me, but um, I guess we can jump into what that is. Uh, if you're familiar with Scott Brower of Mackie Plastics, uh, him and I were fishing together about four years ago, and we, I was just picking his brain because he's one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet. He... He knows bugs and insects more than any normal human being should. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just trying to pick his brain, like, different ways I could target these lake trout. And we were talking about, uh, um, like, what their forage base is in Pactola. And and I told him, you know, rainbow smelt and rainbow trout and bluegills and mice's shrimp. And he looked at me and goes, mice's shrimp? What is that? And and it's... uh, really small bug i guess I, I don't it looks like a shrimp but it's almost too small to even be a shrimp but lake trout seek those things out because there's just a ton of nutrition uh nutritional value in them and so we were talking about it and he you know i was pulling up pictures on google showing him and i could tell he was intrigued and i was like hey you should make a bait like that and well, two months later, he sends me a care package with these baits, and he's like, all right, what do you think of these? And, you know, we changed some things here and there, and it was probably about a seven or eight-month process, and finally we agreed on what it needed to look like, and and so we made two different sizes, smaller ones for the panfish and bigger ones for uh, the predator fish, and I tell you what, I ever since we've started using that, I have truly only ever fished lake trout with... Uh, the drop jigs and the craggies or the leech flutter spoon from clam those are the only two baits i've used on lakers and you know it uh i'm sure you've heard me talk about how important confidence is when you're out fishing and i am never more confident than i am when i'm using those for chasing lake trout anyway so kind of kind of a cool bait and a pretty cool honor to have a bait you know named after you maybe but i just <laughs> it just sounds silly when i tell people about it though
0: yeah, I think. Well, I think when uh, you know a, a young person's getting into fishing and you know they they want to be a bass tour guy or or whatever, you know, I, I think it's always a, a basketball player wants to have their own shoe named after him. I suppose a fisherman wants a rod or a, or a bait named after him. And and you got it, and that's that's just awesome. Uh, tell us now. I can't remember.
2: Did you fish with that at all when you were out? Were you jigging or how? Because you'd caught a lake trout last winter, what did you catch that on?
0: Absolutely, I I caught it on on your exact recipe. Scott MacIntosh gave me a, a clam uh, a clam jig, and I had it on a craggy. I think it was uh, it it was the uh, rainbow clam jig, and I think it was a chartreuse uh, craggy XL. And yeah, I caught that. That's what I caught my only laker I've ever caught off of, and i i gotta say if i'm gonna go after lakers it'd probably be my confidence bait too and and, you know if that's the only thing i've ever used um i when i when i was catching the fun fish (laughs) the uh the rainbows (laughs) i was using uh uh the leech flutter spoon too yep so you mentioned the
1: the craigie xl is there a difference between the craigie and the craigie xl
2: yeah so the craigie xl is just the bigger version of it the craigie uh the original Craigie is just a smaller it's probably only 3 quarters to an inch long where the Craigie XL is about 3 inches long.
1: Oh okay.
0: Now sure. now did you did you have any hand in like actually going out there to New York with Scott Brower and and full on designing it? Like Scott's a mold maker by trade, correct?
2: Correct. Yeah, so no, I didn't have any part of that at all. He it, it, the initial stages were he would make a mold and just send me a picture of what the mold looked like. And, and, you know, I just, uh, you told him like the, these legs seemed a little too long and that tail needed to sweep out a little bit more stuff like that. And, and like I say, it was, it wasn't, it's not his full time gig. So, you know, it was, uh, probably a week or two between pictures, but, you know, we just kind of talked back and forth. And, and like I say, before he, uh, mass produced a bunch of them there was a, a lot of uh just back and forth trying to make sure we had it right because it's one of those things you know i i as much as i wanted to have a bait that i helped have my hand in and designing i wanted to make sure it's going to be effective too
0: yep and and you actually waited just until was it last winter to unveil the Craig xl
2: yeah that's very true i i kind of forgot about that so we oh, i did <laughs> We we fished with it solid for two winters, and I shouldn't say two winters, two years. But we we used it more in the winter time, um, and it was one of those. Uh, Dan Hull at Colt Snap Outdoors he he approached us just saying, "Hey, I'd like to market these because it is such an effective bait." Because you know, everyone in the inner circle was using those baits and and having a lot of success. And and I'll be honest, it was really tough for me to okay that only because I knew that, you know, my secret weapon was getting handed out to the world now, which, you know, at the end of the day, really isn't that big of a deal. Um, it, uh, it was just, it just felt good knowing I kind of had an upper hand on a lot of people though, but, but uh, I, I will say the opposite side of that. It's amazing to get pictures from people. We're actually working on a slideshow of all the people with their personal best lake trout that have been caught on uh Craigie.
0: Really, and it's really.
2: gonna actually be a really I mean Scott, your picture is gonna be on there too. Heck um, yeah <laughs> so, you know, I mean it, it's just I, I wanna say there's like twenty to twenty five fish uh that people have caught that um is their new personal best, you know. So I mean that's a pretty in one pretty year. awesome in one year deal. And and you know we I even had a guy out uh, out of the boat this summer that he caught his personal best at 20 pounds on one, and 10 minutes later, he caught like a 23-pounder. So, you know, it's uh, it's just been uh, a re- pretty cool ride, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Before we go any farther on this, Craig, um, you know, with the lake trout fishing, what what is your goal, I guess, with the lake trout fishing? Are you always trying to beat your own personal record? Or are you going for the state record? I mean, what what drives you to go out there on the bitter cold days and and keep hammering it out?
2: Um, it, there I have a lot of different answers for that. Um, the one thing I would say that drives me is that fight. I I when I'm fighting a lake trout, it, it just it's such an impressive amount of power that those fish can possess and I've always used the term they have a parking brake because there are times when you hook into a bigger fish and I'm talking like a 15 pound or bigger fish where they're not swimming away but you can't pull them up I mean they're just sitting there and I don't know how a fish can hold still in water but they can and it's like you're playing tug-of-war with them and you just have to wait for them to give up a little bit and you just start gaining on them and I mean, that fight, I, I, I have goosebumps on the back of my neck just talking about it. I mean, I just, I love fighting those fish. And and I've kind of changed my tactics. I mean, I've downsized my rods. I'm using six-pound fluorocarbon. You know, I'm trying to make it as hard on me as I possibly can just to get as much out of that fight as I can. And, and uh, so that's one of the answers to it. But then I love teaching people how to catch them. You know, it is such a unique fish. And, you know, there's not a lot of places you can go and catch them. And if, when people come out here and they want to catch that lake trout, you know, I, I mean, I love getting that phone call or that picture or being with them when they say, I got my first lake trout. I mean, that, that's a pretty special feeling. Um, so that's another one mm-hmm. here answers. But then the last one is uh, for me, to the, the drive um, you know, is with the education is promoting the catch and release of them, too. I mean, because they are such a special fish. And, you know, I caught a fish this winter that is probably one of the original fish from the original stocking in 1978. So that's how old that fish is.
0: Was and, that was that stocking accidental? Well,
2: not necessarily accidental, but it was unintentional, if that makes sense. It, Th- they, it, they were, they were hauling a- those flakers to Oahi and i think they were coming from montana and the aerator on their pickup broke down and they said all these fish are going to die and so they made a bunch of phone calls and they said hey you're close to pactola just take them over there
0: that's awesome yeah.
2: and and they truly went unnoticed for a lot of years they didn't even know if the fish were reproducing because no one was fishing for them And it was in uh, the the summer of 1999, I'd went to Canada and caught a lake trout. And I thought, holy cow, that's a lot of fun. And I knew our state record lake trout, which was only like 12 pounds at the time, came out of Pactola. So I thought, well, if there's lakers in there, I think I know how to catch them now. So I just started fishing for them. And my very first time out on Pactola, we caught a five-pounder. And then my dad lost one that broke 20-pound fire line. Really? So, so that was that drive. you know we didn't get that fish, but i we, now I knew there was some big fish in there and so, from that point on, I just started spending every waking moment I had and doing as much research as I could, and I was calling guides up in Canada asking for information on them and and yeah, so so it, it is it's uh it's been a really healthy fishery ever since then, that's for sure,
0: but now, the way you target lake trout out there is not the same way that they really target the lake trout up in Canada, is it? I mean, it, it, it they're a lot different, correct? Or am I wrong? Oh, ab-
2: absolutely. And a lot of it's the forage base. Uh, you know, the Canadian lakes, they have the Cisco's and whitefish and uh, a lot bigger uh, bait fish in the system. And so, so you know, they're using bigger baits, the big tube jigs. and And I did, I struggled for a lot of years trying to trying to get my lake trout to eat like a Canadian lake trout does, and and it wasn't until a guy came out and broke the, or he caught and broke the state record three times in one summer, and I'd seen him out on the water, and he was fishing in the dumbest places I'd ever seen, and like, there's no lake trout over there, and, and I quickly realized that uh, my lake trout weren't Canadian, so we... We just totally reevaluated everything we were doing and went back to the drawing board and started fishing for South Dakota lake trout. What's, yeah. the,
1: what's the biggest one you've taken out of Pectole?
2: Uh Just last winter, I caught one that we figure was in that 28 to 29-pound range. Wow. And and, and and the state record is 30. And that was one thing I was going to touch on, too. You asked if, it, if I was driven to catch a state record, and honestly, that has no no effect on me at all i wouldn't kill that fish to get a state record anyways so
0: right and that's and
2: that's
0: that's why you say you figure it was at 28 you didn't weigh it you i mean you you caught it and as quickly as you can you get it back down the hole you're not bringing it into rapid to weigh it at the rooster
2: yep and and even uh you know hanging the fish by their uh, you know trying to weigh it hanging it by their jaw you know they're when they get that big they're uh innards can get dislocated a little bit and you could end up killing the fish anyway and it's just not worth it to me so I mean they have pretty good uh, fish calculators online so you you get this broad spectrum you you know take the length and then the girth and and it gives you a pretty good estimate and so that fish I don't remember the stats right now but yeah it it went in that 28 to 29 pound range.
0: On the Craig EXL?
2: On the Craigie XL. Nice. nice.
0: Now, you're also using Craigie XLs uh, when you're ice fishing, too. Uh, well, yeah, like you say, you, you caught it on the Craigie XL. But yep. we were talking about doing Craigie XLs open water, but that's still your primary uh, winter bait also. Uh,
2: yep, for the lake trout. And, you know, we did, I got on a walleye bite early ice last year where we were catching them with the Craigie XLs also. Yep. Um, they are a good predator bait. Uh, I would like to... Try and fish more for the walleyes in the northern and and just see how it does. But I have such a hard time not fishing for lake trout that I don't get that done. So I'm going to have to rely on you to go do that for me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, if somebody's listening, how do they get their hands on a Craigie or a Craigie XL? Uh, Cold Snap Outdoors
2: is the place to go, Uh, coldsnapoutdoors.com. He's the exclusive uh, online dealer for the Craigie XL. The Craigies, I think you can get in a few of the stores, uh, but for the XL, it's just pretty much through Cold Snap Outdoors or the Rooster uh, is carrying them in Rapid City, the Rooster Bait and Tackle.
0: Absolutely. Um,
2: so yeah, um, those are the only places you can get them.
0: Yep. Well, speaking of ice fishing, and you know it's the middle of July, I don't think it's too early to start talking about it. But let's talk Never a little bit too about. Early. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about hooked on Hardwater. water. Uh, Tell the listeners who don't know what hooked on hard water. do uh, tell, tell them what it is. How how you came up with the idea?
2: Um, well, I affectionately call hooked on hard water my third child. Um, it uh, consumes about as much time as my children do, and, and you know what it is is my dad uh, has been with the Rapid City Club for Boys for fifty four years. I think he's going on now, and so with him being there for that long, uh, I grew up in the, the club for boys, and I spent time with all those boys. And, you know, it's it's essentially what, like, a boys and girls club is now, but ours is still just for uh, boys only. Uh, but I grew up in there, and um, it's one of the busiest ones in the nation. You know, like right now in the summer, they're seeing four to 450 kids a day come through. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, That's it's awesome. absolutely insane. And and Scott, you've been there, so you've seen. I mean, it, it's organized chaos. Oh, but it, it's, it's crazy. Just, it's but it's just such an awesome facility, and the energy that that facility holds is is just amazing. But but you know, it's a there's a lot of underprivileged children that go there, and um, there's there's a lot of kids that they don't get to experience the the things that are second nature to a lot of us, and. And here, well, I guess we're planning our seventh annual uh, Hooked on Hard Water now. So seven years ago, I I went to him and said, I want to combine my two loves, which is the Rapid City Club for boys and ice fishing. How can we do it? And so we started brainstorming, and and we came up with a system where I bring in 60 professional ice fishermen from throughout the ice belt, and we literally have them from coast to coast and, I think we've had as many as 14 states in canada represented and and you know i mean these are just all uh leaders in the industry of ice fishing and they <laughs> <department>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bes- besi-
0: but, everyone besides scott no no so, see and i i'll
2: i'll disagree with you all day long about that scott I, you are a leader in the industry my man so um midwest but, angler podcast with that these these <laughs> pros they each get a boy from the club and they they meet them friday night they get to see the facility eat dinner with them play dodgeball with them and and uh then uh saturday they get to go fishing and i I mean it truly is probably one of the most unexplainable moments for me because i don't even know how you can put into words like how what all goes on out there i mean the camaraderie that is formed not only amongst the boys and the pros, but just everybody. I mean, you know, th- there's one purpose in mind, and that is truly to make sure that those boys can walk away with a memory that no one can take from them. And, uh, you know, they all have a smile on their face and a belly full of food. And, I mean, it's just a really, really cool experience. I, I don't know. I, I, I probably am a little too passionate about it, but I think that's uh, <laughs> what drives me to keep going.
0: Well, you know, you it, get like, you get 60 guys to, you know, like you said, travel across the country every single year. Uh, I think everybody else is just as passionate about it, too. I mean, obviously, no one else is in the meetings, and, and no one else has the headaches leading up to it. We just get to show up and, and, you know, hang out as a bunch of anglers together out in a beautiful place, meet these young boys, go out and fish. We're the ones that get to have fun with it, but I think everybody loves it. Ju- well, I, I've maybe not just as much as you but everyone does love it uh, it's a great thing to be a part of yeah when i heard
1: scott yeah, talking yeah. About it on the previous podcast i thought that's really cool
0: very cool
2: yeah it's it, it's neat and, you know like so right now we're we're in the planning stages uh ashley just came off a meeting last week about it and we're we're meeting about every other week with it we've got a lot of uh new things we're going to try this year because along with the event uh and you know, making sure that the the boys get a great experience. We do take the opportunity to try and raise funds for the club for boys. Um, And when I set all that up, I just said, you know, I'm totally good with uh, helping do a fundraiser, but I don't want to pay the light bill. I want to make sure that we continue outdoor education, whether it's hiking, hunting, camping, whatever it is. I just want to make sure that the, the club for boys always has a program to get, get the boys outside because in my mind, this day and age, uh, that experience outside is the one that they're going to remember the most. I mean, they're all going to be at home playing Fortnite at night, but they're not going to remember that ten years from now. Though, but they will remember catching that first fish or going on that hiking trip or whatever it may have been. So yeah, that's so true. So so yeah. So with this year, we're we're trying to up the stakes. Um, we've been experimenting, trying to figure out the best way to go about it, uh, but. We definitely are going back to our roots with a, a big fundraising banquet where we're going to have live and silent auctions and and uh, stories from the pros and everything. But we're 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 in the works. I can't talk about them yet. But we got some really big things we're working on that, that might take it to the next level too, which will should be a lot of a lot of fun for everyone.
0: When is the uh, when is Hooked on Hardwater this year? Oh man, I knew you were going to ask me that. Well, it's in um, February. I, I think it's
2: February 22nd is the date, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm actually looking at my phone right now. Yep, February 22nd.
0: Okay. Now, if somebody is listening to the podcast right now, it's it's open to the public if you buy tickets in advance, correct?
2: Correct. Yep, it'll be in Rapid City. Uh, We've got a new venue we're going to be at, which is going to be, it seems like it's going to work out really good in... And uh, Scott, you'll be happy to hear what we're going to be eating for dinner that night.
0: Oh yeah, wait,
2: yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> Jay Steele's barbecue. If last year we had Jay uh, bring up his barbecue truck and he cooked for a little tournament we had amongst the pros and sponsors, and I'm telling you, Scott, that's probably the best barbecue I've ever. Oh, eaten. it was
0: good. Those little chicken lollipops, those lollipop oh, drummies. Man. Oh baby, those were yeah. good. Yeah, yeah
2: I, I I'm really looking forward to it and you know, it's kinda like releasing the Craig XL to the public. I'm not <laughs> sure I want to release Jay's barbecue to the public. We'll but never we're be able to get anyway him back to the better of the event. <laughs> yep.
0: yep. No, no, so, that that's excellent. I'm pumped up about that.
2: Yeah, 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 when I and I tell you what, that Jay Steele, he he is just a salt of the earth guy. I called him and I was real sheepish about it because so I was like, Hey, what do you think about Cook? You know, last year he cooked for a hundred people. I said, "What do you think about doing three hundred and fifty to four hundred people?" And he said, "Oh, geez, I thought you may, were going to make it a lot of people. This is nothing." So <laughs> it's like, okay,
0: yeah, well, so. perfect. Now, now, if somebody's listening and they want to find out more information about Hooked on Hard Water or the Club for Boys, uh, is Facebook the best way to to check that out?
2: Yep, the Rapid City Club for Boys, Hooked on Hard Water. kind of a long name, but that's the best way to get any information. That's the Facebook page. Yep. City Club for Boys.
0: And I can tag that in the Facebook post uh uh tomorrow or whenever when I I, I can tag that and so I and I will. But uh
2: Yep and and you know one thing that uh I think is a pretty important aspect of it that we are going to continue as the sponsor of boy and that's something that you know, you don't have to be someone local. If you can't make it to the banquet, if you're in another state, whatever it is, um, you can sponsor a boy and still be a part of it. And that for 100 bucks, you can ensure that that boy has the proper gloves, boots, coat, hat, you know, everything he needs to make sure he's warm on the ice. And if he doesn't have that stuff at home, he gets to take it all home with him. And uh, it it's a really good program because, we had a lot of years where those it wouldn't matter how many times we'd send home permission slips or notes with the boys, they would show up with tennis shoes to go out ice fishing, and that and, doesn't work. Know, it, I, I tell you what, for me, as soon as my feet are cold, I'm done. Oh, absolutely! I, ice fishing is no longer fun if my feet are cold. Yep. Yeah, and, and
0: I think it's just something that you know, even even in our community here where me and Stuart live, I think it's just that we take it for granted that. All young kids have proper snow, snow uh, coats and snow pants and boots. And you know, I don't want to knock Rapid City, but you know, you get out there and 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 it's not that way. You know, there's a lot no. of them young kids that do not have the proper equipment. And you know, you're living there basically in the mountains. In in the, you know where where you get plenty of snow. Yeah, and you know the the
2: sad reality is a lot of these kids that trip up to the lake is probably their first time leaving this rapid city limit, yep. you know? So even though we live in the mountains, they aren't experiencing the mountains and, and, uh, it's just, you know, so that's probably why they're not as prepared as they should be. But, yep. um, and, and, you know, hopefully with any luck they're they're learning, uh, what else they can do and they might not all become diehard ice fishermen, but you know, it, at least they'll be able to look back on that memory and say, hey, I've got to do that once, or or, or maybe they will lead into it. You know, we I ran into a guy, uh, a, this was several years ago, um, but he was an old boys club boy, and he talked about how those trips changed his life, and now now he's, he's married and has kids, and he goes every weekend. We are in the outdoors. We're up in the hills, whether it's hunting, fishing, camping, Whatever it is, that's where we go. And and he said, my life is better because of what the boys club taught me, you know, and how to experience the outdoors. So it's pretty cool. And that just shows how important it really is.
0: Very cool. Very cool to be a part of that. But no, well, Craig, we we really appreciate you dropping by and and sitting, well, not sitting down. I don't know what you're doing, but I appreciate you taking the phone call and uh, being on the podcast with us. Um, Hopefully we can do this again sometime.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's my honor, uh, Stuart. It's good to meet with you and talk with
0: you too. Yep, same. Yep. So, all right. Thanks a lot, Craig.
2: All right, thanks, guys. See you later.
0: See ya. See ya. There he goes, Craig Oiler. Uh, yeah, we want to thank Craig for dropping by and sitting down, chatting with us. That was a great interview. I hope you guys enjoyed talking Lake Trout. Hope you guys enjoyed talking Hooked on Hardwater, Stuart. Thanks for joining me tonight. Absolutely, yeah, it was my pleasure. Yeah, I hope I hope you enjoyed it also. Matt's still going to be gone next week, so hint, hint, if you've got an open uh, night next week, maybe we'll get together and record episode 33. I'll do my best. Yep. All right, well, we'll see you guys next week. Yep, pick up some craggies. You bet, see ya.